Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are listening to the One Good Scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mallow. Welcome everyone back to the One Good Scare podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora and I'm here with my co-host Max Mallow. Hi Max, what's up? Hey Natalie, back for episode two. We we successfully made it through the first one. <laughs> yeah, Halloween is over. It's so sad. I know, our favorite holiday of the year and it just went like that this year unfortunately. Just kind of the case of 2020. Um, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of parties I saw on Instagram. I don't know about all that, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially celebrities. Oh, my gosh. Like, in a cramped, like, club indoors. Tons of celebrities. Not fun. Not no, good. Not, not a good look. Um, but, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was a great first episode. Had a lot of fun talking about the Halloween franchise and our horror movie hot takes. Uh, yeah. You know, I was interested to see what people had to say about them. But... You know, we thought for our second episode, we would cover one of the most anticipated releases from Netflix this year uh, yeah. that falls in the genre of horror, or at least we thought it would, and that's <laughs> yeah. The Haunting of Bly Manor, the follow-up to The Haunting of Hill House from director Mike Flanagan, who has quickly become one of the most popular and recognizable names in entertainment, primarily mm-hmm. horror, doing Dr. Sleep. The Haunting of Hill House, of course. Uh, you might know him from Oculus. Gerald's Game was also a Netflix movie uh, and right. a Stephen King adaptation. And yeah, quickly preface this. This will be a spoiler <laughs> review. We're going to cover yes, the entire yes. series. So if you haven't seen yeah. it, pause, go back, watch the entire thing, and then unpause. Then come no, back. We'll, yeah, we'll still be here. <laughs> but yeah, The Haunting of Bly Manor. Uh, like I said, one of the most anticipated releases this year, something we both were super excited for. Yeah, I feel like it was like the most anticipated um, horror release on for TV, at least. Yeah, I mean, in terms of horror TV, I don't think I was as excited I was for this after Hill House, of course, mm-hmm. than like probably The Walking Dead when it first premiered. Yeah. Like, when I was yeah. super into The Walking Dead, I was super into The Walking super Dead. Super into it, yeah. I agree. I also was, and then I kind of just fell off as the seasons went. Yeah, and this was just, I don't know, a couple episodes in, you're like, <laughs> okay, let's, you know, I'm giving it a chance. It's yeah. Netflix, you know, like Game of Thrones seasons in the past, the first couple episodes, you're like, all right, there's not much yeah. going on here. Everyone knows, wait till episode eight, something crazy is going to happen, <laughs> and then the finale, and then we just wait another year. Yeah. This, at least, you know, you can give me your thoughts on it, but for me, I just, there was never that, like, aha moment that I was waiting right. for. Right. 
Yeah, I agree. I thought overall, just my general thought was that it was okay. Like, it was fine to watch. I got mad at it a few times. Obviously, we'll go through more in detail um, later on. But I was never like, that was an amazing scene. You know, it was kind of just building up to like, okay, is it going to be like scary now? Is it going to be like crazy now? Is it going to be you know, interesting. And it wasn't really, it was pretty basic. I did not hate it or like, you know, dislike it that much, but I would say, you know, the hype that it got before it premiered and, you know, good reviews it got after, I was just kind of disappointed. Disappointed would be an understatement, honestly. Yeah. I think disappointed is a good way to describe it. Um, you know, I think a lot of people who reviewed it kind of felt the same way. The, Mm -hmm. General consensus was like, look, this is a well-shot show. Cinematography is great. It's directed well. Yeah. A lot of the acting is really good. The acting was good, yeah. Just the the plot never hit home. And, and we'll run through it, of course. But, I mean, even yeah. backpedaling a little bit, like, did you love Haunting of Hill House? And, like, what were your thoughts about it coming into Bly Manor? So I did really like Conning of Hill House. That was another one similar to this, though, that I thought, you know, everyone was like, it was so scary. And then I watched it and I disagreed. But obviously, you know, something doesn't have to be scary to be good. We both know that. Um, So, yeah, I enjoyed The Haunting of Hill House. I thought it was really good. And they really had great character development for so many characters. Like, I fell in love with all of them. So I was super invested in that. So coming into this, I was, you know, my only hope was kind of like, I hope this one is scary, um, which didn't happen. Yeah, I think that's, look, I mean, the plot doesn't even have to be as good as Haunting of Hill House, because you're living up to something that was considered this giant, you know, media success, bridging again the, the, the gap between like Netflix fans and horror fans, because, you know, not everybody who watches Netflix loves horror, but... You right. found there was a lot of crossover there because mm-hmm. of the story and the characters and the overall scares in it, right? Like, it wasn't the scariest thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Everyone can recall the, the jump scare from the <laughs> yeah. car scene. You were scared of that. Look, I might have falsely claimed that was the greatest jump scare of all time. Um, I remember you came into the office being like, that scene! <laughs> look, it's a great scene. Um, it was good, yeah. But, you know, after further review... I would give it to Sinister. <laughs> the lawnmower scene in Sinister is yes. top tier jump scare. That's a great one. Um, but yeah, the, you know, The Haunting of Blind Manor just didn't have the jump scares. It didn't have the the ghosts in the background that everyone was like yeah. raving about for months after the show was completed. Uh, and they had some, but it wasn't. It was just like, okay, I see it cool like it didn't do anything for me yeah but like after like i think a couple episodes like at Mm -hmm. least when we all kind of found out that there were ghosts hidden throughout it it was kind of like a a huge article wave from the media that was covering it while people were still watching the show or people Mm -hmm. hadn't watched it yet so they were like oh crap let me go in and let me look for everything yeah 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 and when you find one you're like it's like finding a pokemon you're like oh my god (laughs) look i found one (laughs) and you know it gives you a little bit of a jump and it's like oh my god look a ghost by like yeah. episode four, I was like, I don't even care if there are any like hidden in this scene. Like, let's just get through this already. Yeah, I think like those kind of things are good for episode one, and then it's like, all right, bring more things into it. Like we're we're over it. We know it's coming. Like, 
it's not surprising anymore and it's just like boring it's like okay what else what else is there yeah and unfortunately at not least for, much. for both of us yeah not much um <laughs> so i mean we can now dive in and talk about the the season as a whole uh, mm-hmm. dedicating some time to each episode i think we can focus primarily on a, a couple ones uh more in depth yeah. starting with the pilot so obviously everyone knows that the haunting of Bly manor is not directly connected to the haunting of hill house outside yeah. of a couple of actors that have reappeared in both seasons and of course mike flanagan directing it so you have victoria pedretti returning as the main character danny clayton oliver jackson cohen the hunk of the hunk of man that he is if you guys yes. watched last episode uh we stand that man he's uh he's paid quint that was a terrible accent i will never do that again <laughs> i was like quint did you say correctly <laughs> peter quint um you have henry thomas uh returning as henry wingrave uh who everyone will remember was the the dad uh in the haunting of hill house uh, did you know he's the little kid from et the main character no way I learned really? this last week. Yeah, you can continue, but I just needed to tell you that. <laughs> That's wild. I know. We uh, like him. Um, you've got Carla uh, Gugino, um, who returned as, we'll call her the narrator to start with. Of course, this is a yeah. spoiler review, but for now, she is the narrator. She is introduced very early on in the first episode. Uh, and I believe the only other returning actor or actress is Kate Siegel, Um yeah. Who was in Haunting of Hill House, and I can't remember her name right now, but she was my favorite character in... There, I think one? there were a few other recurring, but they're, like, very minor. Are they oh. minor? Okay. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth, uh, excuse me, uh, Elizabeth Reeser, uh, who everyone, you know, might remember from Twilight as being part of the Cullen family, <laughs> um, did not return. Uh, Timothy Hutton did not return. Um because obviously, you know, the haunting of Hill House had the, the time jumps going back from when they were kids to when they were yeah. adults. And this was all pretty much focused on one time period. So that was the difference yeah. there. But some of the other actors that were amazing in this were uh, Tania Miller, who played Hannah Gross, the, yeah. the housekeeper uh, at Bly Manor. She was absolutely fantastic. She might yeah. have been my favorite part of the entire show. Um <laughs> And, I mean, it, again, the acting was great in the show. It was. Yeah, it really was. There's no disputing that. Um, but to get back on track. It's, Everything it's, else. Yeah, it's the plot. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the plot opens up uh, with uh, Carla Gugino, uh, who plays this narrator. And they're at some wedding party. And, mm-hmm. you know, she starts telling a ghost story. And for those who don't know, Haunting of Bly Manor is uh, based on... Uh, Turn of the Screw, mm-hmm. which also was adapted as a movie. Uh, yeah, Turner. recently, right? Yeah, yeah. with uh, Finn Whitrock. Yeah. Um, Didn't watch it. Wait, Finn Whitrock? Yeah, from Stranger Things. Isn't it Wolfhard? Oh, wait, you know who I'm thinking of? Finn Whitrock is the guy from American Horror Story. Oh, I haven't watched <laughs> American Horror Story in forever. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, Wolfhard. We, uh, we can go back to American Horror Story later, because that's another one, too, like, TV that was, like, I was super excited for. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they're at a, a rehearsal dinner for a wedding, um, and the story begins telling the story of an au pair who's going to uh, England to take care of these two kids uh, who recently lost their parents. 
and there was also the death of their old au pair at the manor. So, uh, as the story goes on, you know, you get to meet Danny, who's obviously played by Victoria Pedretti, and she's talking with Henry Thomas, uh, who is uh, Mr. Wingrave, the uncle of the two kids, and who's looking for the au pair um, to to work at Bly Manor. And, you know, there's some disputes early on, and... You know, Weird vibes. Yeah, she doesn't get the job initially, and she's also, like, kind of questioning, like, what's going on here? Like, why are you trying to hire one? Yeah, it was weird to start. Yeah, and from there, eventually she does get the job. You go to Bly Manor, you meet all of the, the people who work there, including Jamie, um, who's played by Amelia Eve, who's the, the groundskeeper, or mm-hmm. the, the gardener, uh, right. and Hannah Gross. Uh, and Owen, who Owen. is, yeah, Owen Sharma, who's the, is he just the cook, right? I think he's just the cook. Yeah. Um, who drives Danny out there. It's a lot of, uh, a lot of plot very early on in the show to just get you to Bly Manor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And a lot of characters introduced. Very quickly on, uh, very, very quickly, you get to know who everybody is and, and how important they are, uh, including the two kids, uh, who... Again, we're great. The kids were awesome. And... I love them. I freaking love Flora. She is just the cutest thing in the world, and she's just perfectly splendid. Flora Wingrave, yes. Everything is perfectly splendid. <laughs> that was one part I really did love about the show, that she was adorable. I love her. Yeah, and of course you come to find out that she wasn't the first person who invented the term perfectly splendid. It was Rebecca Jessel, and you start to learn about Rebecca Jessel, who was the old au pair who died on the grounds at Bly Manor uh, while tending for the kids. And, and immediately, the table is set. You know, you've got mm-hmm. a haunted big-ass house in the middle of nowhere in England. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got two kids who, you know, you look at them and you're like, something's not right with these kids. Mm-hmm. And even Hannah is giving some signs of, like, some strange vibes off initially. Yeah, yeah. And off. yeah, but Owen and Jamie are very much like they—they they don't seem to know really what is up early on. They're just—they're just there, and yeah, they're kind of. I think maybe they're just like offset and maybe provide some like uh, some subversion and stuff like that. So yeah, and like just like with Owen, I think he was a good like comedic relief. He was very light and you know was cute and very nice to everyone. So I think that was also you know, his place in the beginning, at least. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a lot of the, the, the table is set, and you get um, some vibes about a personal haunting that Danny might have uh, because yeah. there's this Harry Potter-looking dude following, following her around. <laughs> the glowy eyes. I really liked that. I thought that was cool. Yeah, the special effects was great. Um, mm-hmm. And in the end, I mean, we can give our thoughts on it uh, as we go on, but... Um, you know, she's got this guy, this ghost following her around whenever she looks in the mirror. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't really know what's going on there, but it clearly spooks her and it clearly bothers yeah. her. Um, but, you know, a lot of the episode, there's some vibes of like Flora's dolls around the house and, and yeah. you know, they're kind of spooky. Like, how does it work? Does she put the dolls in the house? And maybe like that's where the, the, the ghosts have to stay for the night. Are they connected in that way at all? No. Yeah. Um, but anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> nope. 
That's not what happened. Yeah, but... that would have been really cool. And that's a great premise for a movie. So anybody want to steal that one from me? It's all yours. <laughs> um, the It all kind of pays off at the end where the kids lock her in the closet. And mm-hmm. she has a absolute panic attack. That was good. I liked that scene because you couldn't tell, like, who exactly, what, like, why that happened, why she was locked in there. Like, what did she, at the time, you don't know. Like, what did she do? Like, how did she end up in there? And then also she saw, like, the glowy eyes and all of that happened. And it was, it reminded me of, like, uh, Paranormal Activity 3. One of the little girls, like, gets, like, shoved into, like, a room and she has to, she's, like, locked in there and... I don't know, just gave me the same vibe. For some reason, like, somebody getting, like, locked in a small space freaks me out. So I like that part. Yeah. Maybe, you know, she might be claustrophobic. Yeah. Um, probably. Probably. You, you know, they never say she's claustrophobic. She just has this one very... She has a huge freak out, yeah. Yeah, she has a huge freak out. Uh, and she ends up uh, eventually getting released, and you're like, okay, something is definitely up with the kids. And yeah. that's it. Your table is set. So w- where did the pilot like kind of get your expectations to where you're like okay like this is it we're in there let's go or did it kind of disappoint you with what came (laughs) um I thought it was good I think it set up the story well and you know I think I was you know ready like all right next episode let's get into it I think it it was a good first episode comparing it back to Hill House I mean the first episode of Hill House was way far more stakes were set and it was scarier for sure more of the um, horror aspect but just as a general first episode I thought it did the job pretty good I love Danny she was one of my favorite characters um so I liked the pilot what did you think yeah I thought the pilot did a good job as well of setting up what was potential like yeah. what could have happened right or yeah. what could happen and I, I bought in. I was ready. Um, yeah. The the kids were a big focal point for me, and so was the, the giant dollhouse. Cause I yeah. I really wanted to see how that would play into the show because the concept to me of, like, Floor being able to track where the ghosts are in the house yeah, was going to play into, like, how the hauntings of each part of the manor were going to work. That's, yeah. And I was just like, that's way too wishful thinking now looking back on it. I know. I also was like, they kind of set it up where like the kids could have been like sinister, like kind of evil in a way. Um, Obviously, they're not. They're good, sweet kids. But I was interested to see, you know, how that could have played out. Um, It it kind of did with, you know, Peter, but not really. Yeah. Um, You know, you get you get a little taste of it and that's the pilot right so obviously you move on and then kind of just like glancing over the main events now right because yeah it starts to throw a lot of plot at you very quickly and then you get a huge plot dump at the end which is very jarring i thought throughout the entire season and it didn't work for me at all but um you know you start to learn more about uh rebecca jessel and Mm -hmm. her relation with one peter quint who worked for the wingrave family uh, and their relationship and how, uh, you know, Rebecca was kind of hired in the same way as um, as as Danny was. You know, a lot of parallels yeah. going on there with both of their stories, uh, and even more so with Peter 
uh, and eventually Jamie, who we all uh, end up finding out that Danny and Jamie are the main love interest for our current timeline in the show, as it was for Rebecca and Peter. And yeah. Danny starts to get, you know, you get a little more spooky vibes going on. She thinks she sees a ghost out on the parapet and you get, you know, some some ghosts wandering around the house. You get one scene where uh, a plague doctor uh, mask turns and you're like, oh, crap, that's a ghost. Like, I can yeah. clearly tell. And, you know, the whole message of the entire beginning of the season is for, for the haunting is do not leave your room. Stay in your mm-hmm. room at night and don't go out. And you're like, okay, cool. She clearly wants to hide the fact that the house is haunted. Yeah, and you think like Danny's gonna, you know, not not listen, which she doesn't, and then really scary stuff is gonna happen, which it didn't. Nope, not at all. <laughs> which sucks. Basically. <laughs> and we're both just sitting there like, come on, scare us. Any day now. Um, uh, on that note, though, I think we have to take a quick break. Um, everyone listening will be right back in a quick second. All right, and we're back. Back to uh, Haunting of Bly Manor, really getting into the the meat of the story. Um, so, so what else? Yeah, we have Peter and Miss Jessel, Rebecca Jessel. The amount of times he says Miss Jessel is probably like 500 times. Did you swoon um, every time he said it? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I was so conflicted because he was kind of a huge jerk um, right off the bat. So... So the story that Danny got and what everybody on the grounds think is that Peter just left and stole uh, Henry's money and then Rebecca killed herself because he left, which, you know, we find out doesn't happen. But that was a huge, like, whoa, okay. Like, what really happened there? Yeah, she ends up, like, Danny ends up seeing uh, Peter's ghost. It was the same ghost that she saw on the parapet. Yeah. Uh, parapet award I did not know existed until watching the show, so that's <laughs> nice. Expanding my vocabulary a bit. But there starts to be this whole vibe of Peter fled the grounds. He stole yeah. He stole the money uh, from the family, like you said, and Rebecca tragically killed herself. So you're like, okay, that's cool. But, you know, of course, it's 2020, and, you know, we have to, you know, eventually subvert everyone's expectations and make them realize no that's not exactly what happened something yeah, else crazy none of happened. That happened yeah none of that happened. yeah plot twist um <laughs> and you start to figure out more about danny's backstory you get a, a bit of an episode dedicated to her and her haunting uh, as I'll, yeah. I'll call it essentially um but that was her ex-fiance um who, yeah that whole backstory for me I wish it kind of got more time, which is strange because of how short the season was. At nine episodes, you can't really yeah. give more time to it. But give me your thoughts on the whole uh, Danny's past. Yeah, I had the the same exact um, that same exact feeling. Like, so they showed briefly that she was engaged. She didn't really want to go through with it. You know, she loved the family, whatever. But she, it didn't seem she was in love with the guy. And then they're, you know, fighting outside of the car and he just gets hit by a car and, and, you know, dies. And that was insane. Obviously, that was a huge shock factor, which, you know, some shock factor is kind of cheap. But I thought it worked because we hadn't been shocked at all the whole season. So I was like, whoa, all right, give me something else. Like, let's keep going. Um, 
So yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And I wanted to know more of like, why is he haunting her? That wasn't really, you know, um, thought out more. And yeah, I felt like, was she just being paranoid or was really something happening with her uh, fiance, ex-fiance? I don't know. I wanted more, definitely, because that was actually really interesting to me. And also because I just love Danny. I wanted to see, you know, more of her past. And I thought she was really developed as a character, but she could have been more. Yeah. And the whole underlying theme is with Danny's sexuality uh, mm-hmm. early on. You know, you get the vibes that uh, Edmund, who was her childhood friend and ex-fiance, um you know, they're best friends the entire time. And as she's going through the whole uh, process with becoming, wedding. yeah, engaged, rehearsal dinners, uh, leading all the way up to a wedding, you know, picking out a wedding dress, having uh, her fiance's mother tell her how, you know, grateful she is for yeah. her and for making Edmund happy and all that stuff. And it all kind of breaks down at a dinner where she just can't really say to him, look, like, I can't do this for this reason like yeah it just it gets all like he's like i don't want to really talk about it and i'm really heartbroken about it and let's just go yeah and then an argument starts and he's like you know what i'm just not even dealing with this anymore i'm out of here and he steps out of the car and then he's yeah literally out of here here. yeah Yeah. he's uh not alive anymore (laughs) yeah but bad for her because i felt like that relationship was the type where it's like perfect on paper but just not into it right um so yeah i wanted more of that yeah and the show doesn't explicitly say early on that it's her sexuality that she's struggling with yeah in that episode it's just she's unhappy right yeah you can make assumptions that it's her sexuality she's she's struggling with and she's trying to work through uh but that's not where it, it's said explicitly on. That's not until a couple episodes later when uh, they were wandering the grounds and Peter, uh, you know, they're looking for Peter out in the woods, I think it is. And mm-hmm. as Jamie was leaving, uh, the, ground, the, the gardener, she mm-hmm. grabs Jamie's hand and Jamie's like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah, is this a thing? Yeah. Could it be a thing? And eventually, that's what it is. That's where that's where uh, Danny's sexuality uh, is, I guess, on screen confirmed. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like she ever explicitly says anything, but then she ends up dating Jamie. So. Right. And then Danny and Jamie become like one of the best parts of the show in terms of just yeah. character development and their love story. But you know, it suffers from the fact that it's just there's there's so many few ep- there's only a few episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. You have to jam it all in there and explain in a flashback episode why she left her husband. And then eventually once she starts being with Jamie, you can put the two together to be like, okay, now I know she was unhappy with her, uh, with her fiance because of her sexuality and she just couldn't tell him. And that makes it, you know, that it's a, it's a, it's a good storyline they're building. It just suffers from the fact that there's just not enough exposition there. Yeah, and I think they really, like, we'll get into more of the major plot points, but there were just too many that they just, like, shoved in there, and then they had to explain all of that and then get into that. And, you know, I liked them individually, but all put together, it was just too much. Like, I guess we can get into everything Hannah's episode, um, episode five, right? 
the altar of the dead yep which was basically so it was insanely trippy it was really cool but it was just a lot to throw on you in just one episode and then kind of have to scramble to explain more about it so the whole episode was kind of tra- time travel-y like hannah would be in flashbacks but then it would always start with her interviewing owen for the job as the cook um, and then she would just go like back and forth and not understand where she was in time, which I thought was really cool. Did you think that that kind of style worked well for the show? Yeah. So by like episode three and four, which are the episodes dedicated to both flashbacks of Rebecca and Peter and mm-hmm. Danny and Edmund, I was like, all right, these are big plot dumps. And it's we, we haven't really gotten into the nitty gritty about Bly Manor at all. Yeah. And with this episode, I was like, okay, we're now we're here. Like <laughs> this episode was so sick. Yeah. And I was super confused at what was going on. Yeah. But it was stuff I wanted to be confused about. I was like, okay, yeah. show me more about this. Tell me more. Because it's time travel all over the place. It's very trippy. You don't know what's going on. And you want yeah. this stuff explained. So I liked this episode a lot. And it it kept me going through the rest of the show, to be honest. Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. I almost wish more episodes were in this style. I feel like it would make the season overall less basic and less, like, cutesy. Um, we'll get into the cutesy part later, but... Um, yeah, I thought it was really, really interesting. Kept you entertained. The kind of thing where, like, you can't be on your phone, you know, you have to pay attention the whole time, which is great. Um, I thought it was really, really interesting. Yeah, and that's what Haunting of Hill House did so well. You couldn't be on your phone and watch it. Yeah. You, you had to look for the ghosts. You had to, <laughs> the the episode where they're at the funeral home in in Hill House when they're doing the, yeah. the, the all the one take is just. Yes, like, that was incredible. TV masterpiece like Flanagan top of his game top yeah. Flanagan and <laughs> yeah I was like Altar of the Dead as the episode is called episode 5 I was like yeah. you got me I'm back in let's do this and from there you got episode 6 um, which is a bit more of backstory but you're starting to actually get more into the actual story as well like you learn mm-hmm. about uh, Mr. Wingrave's uh, yeah. background and the fact that he was sleeping with Charlotte, who is the mother of our two kids, Flora and <clears throat> excuse Miles. me, yeah, Flora and Miles, and and he's actually Flora's dad. Yeah, which is a giant reveal. <laughs> Another thing, I was just like at that point, I was like, I don't care anymore. Like you're like going so like to different directions now. I'm like, okay. Like, it was probably a good idea. They're in the, you know, they're talking about the writer's room. Like, should we include this part? And they're like, yeah, early on. And then later on, it's like, why is it still here, though? We have so many other things going on. Like, I didn't hate it in, on its own, but just with everything else, it, it was just kind of unnecessary to me. Yeah, I'd be really interested to know what kind of went on in the, in the script writing <laughs> process, just because, like, it does come off like that. I never thought about it like that until you mentioned it, is that, you have like this bubble and it's called haunting of blind manor. And they just drew a bunch of lines. Like, like these are our plot points. And it was like flashbacks, reveals, more reveals, even more yeah. reveals on top of the reveals. Wait, no, we didn't reveal that. We actually tricked you. And now we're back over here. And it's just yeah. like, <laughs> dude, I don't, I'm not following, nor am I invested in these big reveals. You're trying to do yeah. these big payoffs that aren't 
like at least resonating with me. They could have resonated yeah. with other people, but yeah. you're already halfway through the season. More than halfway at this point. That came late, yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I guess that's another thing now. Like that is the real parent is is Mr. Wingrave, Henry. So Yeah. Yeah, I guess like the only reason I can think of to like just ma- to have that in there is to explain why he's been so distant and doesn't want to go to the house. Also, you know, like his brother and sister-in-law died. That could have been explanation enough for me um, as to why, you know, he's so distant, doesn't want to be there. Um, so, yeah, the episode with him. So when he's in his office and he's like speaking to it you know, like the evil version of himself. I thought that was cool, but it just didn't fit. Like there was, it was just like, it was a really, you know, enjoyable scene. And I thought that it was interesting, but looking at the full season, it, it's just too much, too many things. And then, you know, in the end, it didn't, it didn't all come together for me. Yeah, that's a good point. And explaining it in the sense of comparing it to Hell House, which regardless of them being two completely different shows and we'll i mean at the end of it we can kind of classify and, and give a grade to to blind manner it's always going to be compared to hill house regardless yeah. of the story and the reviews and everything like that it will always be compared to it and the thing that made hill house so great also was that each character's haunting was super interesting yeah and got a full episode to and really developed. yeah developed um spooky yeah and it you were super invested in every character and every haunting that each Mm -hmm. character had the hauntings here you get super early on that are really important are danny and her her fiance Mm -hmm. and hannah's time traveling which you're not it's not really a haunting she's just time traveling right very confused at what's going on there but you're interested in it I think it's because then it leads. I think that episode too, right, is the reveal that she's actually dead. So is, that's. Is it that I, one? I think it might be at the end, and then because she goes to the. Oh yes, goes, to the well. She goes, yeah, the well, and sees her body in there, which also really cool, but also like just too many things at once. I would like to keep that one in there and then delete a few other reveals. Um, but I thought that was they. I think they set that one up well too because I did kind of see that coming. She was like not eating dinner, kind of thing. Yeah. And it was like, all right, dead. She's dead. I'm I'm betting on this one. Um, but I thought that was a that was a good part of the show. But again, just looking at everything written down here, it's like, all right, just get rid of a few a few points. Yeah, and it's again, that's not even a haunting. It's just she's yeah, dead. She, she died. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. And you kind of could see it coming. The writing yeah. was kind of on the walls there. Yeah. And you were super invested in the episode, but the big payoff is she's dead. And you're like, okay, well, that sucks. And, we knew that. But we, kind of, I, we all kind of knew that. Um, and then you get Henry's haunting, which is himself and his yeah. de- demons he's dealing with of being, uh, you know, this the, the father to these kids. And he's not able to, to say anything. Or it's, yeah. it's just Flora, right? Yeah, I think it's yeah. just Flora. It might be just, yeah um and he can't say anything because charlotte's husband is like if you ever say anything like that's it you're done like we're done out here and yeah and then they died so he has to keep the promise right and of course he can't say anything so i get like that emotional struggle i understand like that was sold for me but 
and the the dark side of him was cool and he's just an alcoholic he's just drinking his sorrows away yeah. and he's got this you know it's it's no different than like the angel and the devil on your shoulders right. in a cartoon being like oh. don't do it buddy because like, you gotta go tell flora the yeah truth. you're her yeah. dad it's your responsibility no nah, don't do it you're a piece of shit <laughs> and I, i'm like all right man like at some point like we gotta be serious about this like yeah yeah either go or don't right like <laughs> just a bunch of nonsense of back and forth and back and forth. And by the time he eventually does go, it's at the end of the show. And you're like, okay, you say, yeah, thanks for saving the day, I guess. Yeah. That's another like predictable thing. It's like, you know, the character that you're like supposed to least expect comes right at the end to save the day. It's like, all right, we knew that was going to happen, but whatever. Also he's like an old, like seemingly fragile man. What is he really going to do? Like, I was like kind of not convinced that that was going to be, you know, a huge, huge thing, but they made it that way. So, yeah. And, you know, you have to tread a very thin line with Blind Man in Hell House because, again, they're fighting ghosts. Yeah. And they're not Ghostbusters. So <laughs> you can't, like, you can't just send Henry Wingrave with a shotgun <laughs> and just start shooting ghost stuff or something like that. Like, or with like a chainsaw or something like he's Ash from the Evil Dead and be like, yeah. I'm here to save the day, everybody. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, all these big reveals start coming out and, you know, there's the, the, the kind of change in the season where we start to really get into all of the, the resolutions in the show is yeah. Owen's mother dies mm-hmm. and things start playing out at the house. And we finally dive into the main haunting of the season which is of Bly Manor and it's the lady in the lake yeah we get all these hints throughout the show about this lady in the lake and and who she is and you know what is she doing we see her in the house a little bit but Mm -hmm. you know we get the dolls with Flora but there's never this big like yo you better watch out for the lady in the lake she's gonna get you (laughs) yeah it was always like a kind of like oh yeah then there's that like faceless woman walking around the house forgot about her for a sec because you just gave me like 20 million other plot points to deal with first yeah um and eventually the way it gets explained to you is a big plot dump and that comes after you have this whole big reveal that rebecca and peter are ghosts in the house yeah, and, and Peter killed Rebecca. Yeah, which is just like... He's a jerk. <laughs> it, it, the show doesn't give you any chance to breathe. You have to yeah. go through that and go to the lake. Like, I even jumped the gun. Like, I was like, all right, lay in the lake time. Wait, no, hold I on. I don't know. We have Let... to talk about the dream hopping and all of that if yeah. we want, briefly. Um, basically, Peter died. He never left with all the money. He was going to. He was trying to get him and Rebecca out of there so they go live in America. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. And you get all the dream hopping stuff from Hannah's episode thrown into all these other characters now because they're ghosts and you start to put together that, okay, all these people are ghosts. They can all dream hop together and live in different times in their life and essentially like change how those moments happened. But you, you can't essentially change the outcome. Yeah. It's like you're experiencing it again, like in whatever way you want, but it's not like a butterfly effect. It's not going to change what really happens right no ashton kutcher here yeah yeah you're just it's you're supposed to like it's like your subconscious essentially telling you like this is what you need to do snap out of it like go save the day at least mm. with with hannah and owen that's very much how it is yeah um but 
the the thing you oh, find yeah. out is that Peter dies. He is killed by the lady in the lake, which we'll further explain uh, in a couple minutes here. And Rebecca is heartbroken about it, and she takes her own life because Peter tells her as a ghost that this is the only way we can be together. And I yeah. can't leave the grounds of Blind Manor anymore because I'm a ghost. And we can only both leave if we're both ghosts, which makes no sense, essentially. <laughs> it's so, it's literally, he is just, I don't even know. That's why I'm conflicted about him. But um, before we get into the ending and all of that, we're going to take our second and final break of the episode. We'll be right back, guys. And we're back. Okay, so <laughs> all of these big reveals. Okay, so um, uh, Peter and Miss Jessel are both ghosts. And then Peter tries to convince Rebecca to trick the kids into, you know, taking over their bodies. But then in the end, Rebecca actually tricked Peter and they weren't really doing it. That's what happened, right? I'm like, now I feel like I haven't watched a show in like 20 years going through all the like big reveals. Yeah, that's the whole big reveal with the kids is that they're not, you know, bad kids. They're just being possessed by yeah. the ghosts of Rebecca and, and Miss Jessel, which is a cool reveal. And it's like, I wish I got more of that. Like, yeah. you get a lot of vibes that Miles, there's something wrong with Miles, because he's, like, right. killing birds. Yeah. He talks like a, a like a legit adult yeah, he's like, <laughs> in so many scenes. It's like, all right, that no, he's possessed. Like, come on now. Yeah, he's like, I want a glass of wine. You know what? No, screw you and screw all of this. <laughs> I'm going to bed and all this stuff. He's like, it's, yeah, he goes to boarding school. He kills a bird. He's just beating up kids. And you're like, what is wrong with you? Like, are you good? Wait. Wasn't it revealed, though, correct me if I'm wrong, that when he was at boarding school and all of those things that he did, that wasn't Peter? That was just him trying to go home? That's him, yeah. Yeah. Because Flora was like, I need you to come home. And yeah. So what, Miles, what's wrong with you? Like, the real kid, too. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm assuming it was under Peter's influence because, again, they're sharing the same body and the same, like, That's true, conscience. yeah. And... You know, who knows if Flora sent that message? Because you can believe Flora needed Miles to come home, but you also can right. believe that it was Rebecca sending a message. Yeah, that's and true. that whole, you get this whole thing about everyone has a key or something like that. What unlocks the door or something? And I was like, okay. Like, it was basically like, what's a what's your breaking point? Like, what's yeah. going to piss off a Catholic boarding school so much that they're going to send you home? Oh, totally. Well, how about killing a bird and beating up some kids? That'll probably do it. Yeah, that, that was something. I Yeah, I thought that the whole dream hopping thing, I'll call it possession, even though it's not really, like the possession of other bodies um, without them really knowing it, was really cool. I thought that was a really cool concept, but it was, you know, just a, a minor part in the whole grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, that would have been a good part to leave in um, if they just took out a few other, few other elements. Agreed. And it all boils down to this main storyline of Peter and Rebecca want to leave Bly Manor and the only way to do so is by taking the bodies of Miles and Flora 
and yeah like infinitely yeah like forever right. they were trying to like convince him to just like do it forever like it's gonna be that way yeah. always which like doesn't sound like that great of a deal either but okay yeah also they're like related so like <laughs> and they're children but yeah, okay like come on <laughs> so that's that danny like finds out and they have to kill danny now essentially they're like danny can't find out yeah and you know you're left off with this big reveal of of rebecca wanting to save danny's life because of course danny was in the same position that rebecca was you know, yeah long ago uh being the au pair here and you finally get this whole big plot dump of the lady in the lake the lady in the lake the the whole entire episode of a flashback which just no i didn't like it what did you think i didn't like it either um the whole episode is in black and white it's yeah. a bunch of exposition for exposition's sake because you have two episodes left and you haven't yeah. answered anything about the lady in the lake other than that she's <laughs> in the lake the main villain of the show yeah the main haunter of Bly Manor. <laughs> yeah, she just lives in the lake. Uh, so here it all comes. And the Lady of the Lake is played by Kate Siegel, of course, who returns from The Haunting of Hill House. Who play, She yeah, played Theo her. Crane in Hill House and was my favorite character. She She's was... married to Mike Flanagan. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And she was also the... She's in Hush. Yeah, she's the lead in Hush, which also a Mike Flanagan uh, yeah. project. So... Here we go. How do we wrap this up quickly? Well, what happens is the owner of Bly Manor died, and the two daughters, uh, Viola and uh, Perdita, per- yeah, yeah, uh, own, Perdita. yeah, they own Bly Manor now, and the whole thing is like we must protect Bly Manor, and Viola ends up uh, marrying a distant cousin, uh, Arthur Lloyd, uh, and she eventually falls ill to this lung disease. So basically the plot of Moulin Rouge without any <laughs> singing and dancing. So, without any fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, she's, you know, this is, I don't even, did they, yeah, they say what time period it is. I just don't remember off the top of my head. Ye old times. And, uh, yeah, she's, she comes down. I think they even like say like it's the black lung or something that she's got and i think they're like they're like insinuating that's what it is yeah Yeah. or like the the black plague but i don't think it's the black plague um could be who knows there's so much time jumping in this in this show um (laughs) and they all write her off they're like you're you're going it's just a matter of time unfortunately yeah yeah and she doesn't go she fights through it but her family pretty much write her off her husband and her sister are like well you're gonna die (laughs) why don't we get together now right and you know she doesn't she she sleeps she wakes she walks yeah that whole narration i was like uh i get it yeah and none of this episode is one bit scary no no not at all it's like i guess a drama like it was just boring i didn't i didn't care like, as much as they're, you know, plot dumping everything, they could have just done that with the background of, of this person. Or, I don't know, it just had to be done differently. This episode was so boring. And it basically the whole thing was just like, so here's why this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. And now let's go back. So now you know who the woman was that's been in the house that you probably forgot about because she's, you know, just like a backstory at this point. And so now we know. So now the 
final episode, she wants to take Flora, right? Because she wants, you know, her, her baby. She wants her kid. And Danny ends up saving the day. But in turn, she takes in the Lady of the Lake, uh, her, you know, like spirit into her. So now one of her eye turns a different color and now she's like might be part evil because uh, Viola, the lady in the lake, is inside of her, essentially. <laughs> so basically everything is back to normal. When they when the lady in the lake is gone, everything is restored at Bly Manor, everybody is fine, back to normal. Uh, Peter and Miss Jessel, I'm assuming, are just dead. They don't, you know, say. Um, but so goodbye to them, huge characters, but okay, bye. So now that everyone's like, all right, we're done here. Happy ending. But of course, Danny is like, but what if I turn into her and everyone's like, it won't happen. You're fine. Um, so then a huge part of the finale is then Danny and Jamie's relationship post by manner. They go to America and in the back of Danny's mind, she's like, you know, I love this person. We have a good life, but I'm scared of what's going to happen to me. I thought their whole part of the finale was really strong, and I loved seeing that. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was really good, and it gave me that sense of like, you know, suspense to be like, it's obviously coming. So when is it coming? Um, I thought that was good. The amount of plot dump you just did, <laughs> just like. It just brought me back to watching these episodes because like you just summed up everything, but there's so much more that they also just crammed in there Yeah. because essentially like the whole thing is one, you get this stupid scene of the lady in the lake grabbing Danny like five times in like three episodes. Oh, I know. They keep going back to it. It's like, but wait now to like our main act. It's like, we know. Yeah. Okay. It's like, it's just, uh, it's so exhausting. Um, so Trying to simplify this, which is even more plot dump because it's it is important, is that the lady in the lake died on the grounds in Bly Manor, and she became a ghost because of her will to be with her kids. I think yeah. all she wanted to do was be with her kids. She her, yeah, she wanted her daughter. Right, but she couldn't because of her uh, illness. Yeah. So eventually, she dies. She becomes the lady of the lake. And the whole thing is she goes to the lake and to her bedroom to see if her kid is there and then back mm -hmm. to the lake. And it's just this, you know, it's just like this mindless path. It's just like me going outside, going to Chipotle and coming back home. <laughs> that's it. Why did she kill Peter? Just because he was in her way. So that's like, the thing that pissed me yeah. off the absolute <laughs> most about this show. And I will it's hammer you this stand, home. Peter. No. Well, kind of like... <laughs> Yeah, like, well, we also, like, don't stand Peter. Peter's also, like, an abusive piece of shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, Oliver Jackson Cohen, full-on stand. Peter Quinn ends up getting revealed as a giant piece of shit. Yeah, and, he sucks. Um, no, the, the Lady in the Lake is the stupidest thing about this show. Yeah. You, it's... The Lady in the Lake is designed in the show as literally... It's... It's really unlucky if you die to her. It's not even like yeah, you got killed by a ghost. You were in her path by yeah. accident for whatever reason, and you die. And it also makes no sense. Like, how come more people didn't die that way? Like, nobody... I guess that's why, you know, that's why Flora's saying nobody go out in the hallway in the middle of the night. But, like, 
nobody's gonna listen to a kid i'm sure people are walking in the hallway through the night like yeah peter peter wrong place wrong time sorry dude the whole thing is like she she decays because her face and everything like that and yeah just goes back and forth in the lake and she's the anchor keeping all the spirits stuck yeah blind manor and the first one who you get revealed is peter because he's like i'm gonna go get something from the bedroom real quick and then we're out of here rebecca because he's trying to get the jewels that (laughs) hannah made her put back which is yeah. a, a whole more a whole plot, other, even yeah. more plot. He's trying to rob the house, and she. He's like, "All right, cool, I'm out of here." And then he gets grabbed by the lady in the lake, and he dies. And he goes, and he comes back. And he's like, "All right, guys, I'm out of here." And he's like, "Yeah." Oh wait, didn't I just do that? And yeah, he's a ghost. So it shows a bunch of other people that die for all these other ghosts that are in the house that you don't get any more information about, like the plague doctor. When that hat turns, it just was a yeah. plague doctor. Who was in the house because after everyone died at Bly Manor and they left it, uh, it became a hospital for people sick. Yeah. And that guy just got, B was in the wrong place at the wrong time. (laughs) Like, sorry, dude. Like, it's just, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. It was just just there for convenience. Like, yeah, that's why, like, it doesn't really make sense. Like, um, I keep calling him Oliver in my head. Peter died because that's, you know, like how the story had to go. But, you know, she could have killed any of the other main characters. But, you know, no, that's just not, it's just not how it's going to go because this is what's convenient for the story. I didn't buy it. Um, We have a a few minutes left here, so we need to talk about the very end. The grand reveal that's supposed to be, I think they tried to set it up, you know, is like this huge, crazy, awesome cool i can't think of any more adjectives subversion it's all subversion it's so stupid the ending was so bad i wanted to turn it off before it was over but i was like you know i just sat through like nine hours of this bs i gotta finish it out and i was so annoyed so the big reveal is that the narrator from the beginning remember the whole show is narrated telling a story which i think is also like just a cheap thing like the circular ending like somebody telling a story I think it's so stupid but it turns out the narrator is jamie the gardener who you know was in love with danny they were together they were engaged um they lived together for x amount of years and she's telling this story to flora who changed her name and is now getting married and flora's like that sounds so familiar and she's like oh like whatever tell it tell it another way or whatever next time you tell it And then they go to the wedding and it's, you know, like a bunch of people from the story that are there and it's just them older. And so it's like, oh, she was telling the story to the people involved. Cool. Not cool. It was stupid. It wasn't, it was so like cheesy. They made it so stressed on like, this is a love story. It's it's not like a horror story. And it's like, and why did I watch this? What was the point? Yeah. Like you you, you touched on it. Like, so. Danny absorbs the ghost of the lady in the lake and that's mm-hmm. how they're all allowed to leave. Like she's like, she's saved the day. Yeah. The curse is lifted and they can all leave now, which, you know, there was no curse keeping Danny there. She wasn't dead. She could just leave on her own. I uh, know. But yeah. Yeah. Like you said, she keeps getting these hauntings and she's like, look, eventually I got to go. And she goes, she goes, go back to Bly Manor and yeah. she kills herself. And that's it. The rest of the, the ghost the is new. dead. Right. Yeah. But you get a little plot in that episode of uh, Danny, Oliver, and Jamie 
and is it someone else there? I can't remember. Um, but they basically the kids don't remember what happened. They were kids. Like they, oh yeah, well doesn't yeah because don't Danny and Jamie go to Owen's restaurant? He opened like a yep. restaurant now. Okay, and then he was like, they don't remember anything. Yeah, so it's like I I guess they were just kids back then, and then eventually you come back to the fact that. You knew by now that there was going to be some reveal at the end with the narrator. And like you said, it was Jamie and my middle name's Flora. Like, oh, isn't that just a big fucking coincidence? Uh, And then it goes around. It shows all the like people are passing by and they were younger and then they were older and then they were young. And, you know, the the person at the end is revealed to be Owen. Right. I believe the, the person at the rehearsal dinner was Owen. Yeah. 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 He was there. Yeah. So like. Yeah, I didn't, uh, it just, it didn't, it wasn't like Harry Potter and, you know, Harry's watching <laughs> his kids go off to Hogwarts, Deathly Hollow no. Part 2. It was like, that was emotional. It was like, guys, isn't this so crazy? Everyone is at the wedding. Survived, and now they went to Flora's wedding. It's like, well, that's nice. I kind of expected that. Yeah, no, nah, big L in my book. Yeah, the, uh, the ending the ending really killed it for me. If it ended and it was just like, okay, well, Danny went back and now she's the lady in the lake or whatever. Like, even if she's not like evil, she's like the woman in the lake now. That's it. I would have been like, all right, whatever. But this, I was like, no, don't do this to me. Don't do it. It did it right in front of your face. Sure did. Um, God. And yeah, that's the haunting of Bly Manor as jumbled as we can kind of recap it all but <laughs> to be fair it's a jumbled show to begin with <laughs> yeah like when i watched it um i kind of just thought you know like that was that was all right didn't really like it it was an- annoying in some parts and now that we've gone through all of it i'm like oh god yeah there were so many just so many things thrown at you that weren't developed and that was so opposite from hill house yeah it just ended up being a disappointment for me i guess is the way i would describe it not a yeah. major disappointment, but I was just disappointed as a whole. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was bad. Like, that would be, you know, that would be a little, ins- like, dramatic to be like, that sucked. But, um, yeah, it was disappointing. Yeah. And I think as a big fan of Hill House, and for both of us who are a big fan of horror, you know, yeah, it, it, it was so anticipated that, you know, you're going to get the, the Twitter frenzy of, like, oh my God, I'm watching Bly Manor right now, like, so scared, or, oh my God, it was amazing, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And again, there are a lot of good parts about the show. Yeah. It's not just a complete pile of crap. There are a lot of good parts about the show. Oh, totally. Danny and Jamie, all of the acting, the mm-hmm. the cinema photography, the parts of the plot, I'll say. I'll say Yeah, parts. there were some scenes that were really strong, too. But, yeah. yeah. But Overall. For me, it's like a 6. 6.5. I think I would say 6 as well. Which is unfortunate. But what was your favorite part? Um, I really love... I mean, Danny and Jamie's relationship was really great. Um, I also kind of really loved the whole Miles at boarding school causing all the trouble just because I was like, evil child, let's go. Um, I kind of was like sensing like a Damien, like the Omen, the Omen vibes. Um, but you know, that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, I would say Danny and Jamie's relationship as a whole was really, was really cute. And you know, their part, their whole part at the end, it was cute. And it was also 
kind of scary just because it had that suspense factor. So it wasn't totally cheesy because you're just waiting for something bad to happen, which, you know, I like that. Yeah. Least favorite? Least favorite. I, um, that's a good question, actually. I don't have, oh, the ending, obviously. <laughs> that's, that's what I already said. Yeah, the, the very ending, that whole reveal was just way too much for me. Yeah, you heard mine. I was crapping on it. Lay in the lake. Dumb, dumb, yeah. dumb, dumb, dumb. Favorite part? Hannah. Hannah was my favorite yeah. part of the show. She was so good. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's The Haunting of Blind Manor. Natalie and myself give it an aggregated score of 6.25 <laughs> out of 10. Just unfortunate, but, you know, we're all inside more this year anyway. I think we're all yeah. going to be a little more critical of the stuff that we watch. And it, oh, totally. it, it, it quickly showed to us at the end of the show that it wasn't a horror story. It was yeah. a love story. And that's yeah. the narrative that followed around it uh, yeah. in reviews, which is totally fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're closing up here on the episode. Only got like a minute or two left, uh, you know, quickly kind of talking about what's going on in the world of horror. Uh, <laughs> sad news. Castle Rock got canceled. That sucks. I'm really sad about that because I really liked the first two seasons. They weren't perfect, but I enjoyed them. Also, you know, just like a strong horror show. We need more of them. So, yeah. And then something you brought to my attention was that the orphan prequel film, uh, has Isabel yes. Furman returning. Yeah, the main girl, the orphan, she's coming back. I'm so, I'm honestly excited. I don't think it's going to be like the best thing ever, but I'm excited just because I'm so interested. I actually really liked the orphan. I thought it was um, an entertaining movie, I will say. Not perfect, but entertaining. So I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, how they're going to bring her back to play this child woman type yeah. character. She's like, She's adopted, but she's not an orphan. She's like an adult, right? And she's crazy. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, I'll pass on that it's one. <laughs> uh, and then if the the Halloween Kills trailer, uh, obviously we talked about it last week, uh, the, the franchise, but the trailer's out now. Uh, yeah. Obviously the, nice. the releases were delayed uh, with the COVID pandemic going on, but yeah, super excited for Halloween Kills. And uh, yeah, I mean, that'll, that'll do it for this episode. Haunting of Blind Manor, strong 6.25. <laughs> cool all right thank you guys so much for listening make sure to leave us a good review on apple Podcasts, and you can tweet at us i'm at natalie zamora with two a's max is at odd slice uh you can tweet us for questions or if you just have any ideas for what we should cover on the podcast if you have a show or a movie you really like or really don't like and you want us to review it that would be awesome we would love it um or just like any any type of history of horror anything that you want us to do We'll take requests. Um, also, it's come to my attention. Our next episode will be Friday the 13th. <laughs> Breaking news. The calendars have changed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we can, um, I mean, I guess we can kind of announce it now. It will, Next week, we might, it's Friday the 13th. We might as well cover for the Friday the 13th franchise as a whole. Yeah. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Me too. Me too. All right. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. DLM's Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.